Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the This Southern Girl Can Show, the podcast that covers it all with a sweet Southern accent. Your host, Amber, is a successful YouTuber and published author who teaches others to craft, cook, run a business, and balance a hectic lifestyle. Check her out on Facebook, YouTube, and all other forms of social media under the same name as this podcast, This Southern Girl Can. You can also check out her website at www.thissoutherngirlcan.com. And now, here's Amber. Wit and Wisdom Wednesday. A lot of y'all have been asking me to bring this part of the podcast back too, so I guess I will for a while anyway. For a while. Um, but let's talk about Reese and wreath making and of course this this episode is not going to be all inclusive okay because then i'll be sitting here running my mouth for a few hours but i get messages and questions on facebook and instagram and youtube all the time just ask me all kinds of things about wreath making so i'm going to try to go through some that i had jotted down in my notes here on my phone and i'm going to tell you usually when i start talking i just talk and talk and talk and talk and i'm probably not even going to get to maybe three of these but i want to do the best i can i try to keep my episodes relatively short so someone had asked me where i get my supplies mostly to make my wreaths now number one if you had watched my youtube videos you would know that i get them from dollar tree Mel's Crafty Mojo. Depending on where you are listening to this, you can look down uh, wherever links would be shown. Wherever you're listening to this, like I said, if you're going through my RSS feed, it'll be down below. If you're going through Apple, it's going to be in a different place, but I'll have a link to Mel's because that's where I buy a lot of my supplies. She's been real good to me. Um, she runs her company with morals and integrity, and that is really big to me. Morals and integrity. Really big. So look down there. I'm going to have my affiliate link down there. If you buy through that that does give me a small commission helps to support this podcast and my channel and all that and i also get some supplies every now and then from hobby lobby michael's you know whatever craft store i happen to be passing joann's if somebody's having a sale i'll go in there and see what they've got i really don't care what store it is i'll go see what they have because listen i'm a crafter on a budget i like to spend my money on fun things okay and this is a job to me but a lot of places and dollar tree been a big one i probably still have four or five big tote bins over here full of dollar tree deco mesh now the dollar tree deco mesh because this was in the question as well what i thought about the dollar tree deco mesh it is not the same quality that it used to be the the different seasons because we all know that dollar tree has things that they have year round and then they have their seasonal items now with dollar tree i have noticed with the deco mesh this is the regular kind that they have out all the time i think it's like a pink green white navy blue red y'all know the colors i'm talking about if you buy it at dollar tree you know what i'm talking about those seem to me just me personally that quality seems to have stayed the same whereas the more holiday themed ones like coming out near Christmas and things like that you know they have like the striped patterns and all like that those are an incredibly loose weave and that quality has really gone downhill okay it's just my opinion if you want to use it use it but if you will get on my YouTube channel look at some of my deco mesh wreath videos and I show you how I cut deco mesh using a wood burner and it helps to seal it and it really cuts down on fraying okay so YouTube this southern girl can look in my wreaths playlist and watch a few of those if you don't mind but anyway Hobby Lobby Michaels Joe wins a lot of these online these big online wreath suppliers yes i know where they get a lot of their stuff i know which sites to go on to and i can see who their suppliers are anybody can do that you can google that look it up yourself but the thing is with their suppliers you know all this stuff comes from china you have to buy in massive quantities okay massive quantities and you have to mess with like the import tax and all this and all this and that and it's a pain 
mean. And it's just a lot better to just go through these online shops and places and just buy your mesh. Sites like AliExpress and Alibaba, A-L-I-B-A-B-A. -A -A. I'm sure a lot of y'all have heard of these websites. Get on there. The Deco mesh that you can buy in Hobby Lobby joins and all that, that you're paying $6.99, $7.99 for, it's like 18 cents. Yeah, you can import it like 18 cents. Then you gotta add in, you know, all of your import fees and all that, and that's going to increase the price slightly. Um, Still not gonna be anywhere near what you're paying for in the store, but still you have to deal with the hassle of buying a bunch of stuff, waiting for it to get here, hoping it gets here because, uh, you know, during COVID, we've had a lot of issues with getting supplies in. So that's why I, I like to buy from places like Mails. The overall thing here is it doesn't matter where you buy your supplies as long as you're happy with it and your clients are happy with it. I've sold many Dollar Tree wreaths and my people have been pretty darn happy with it. And people are gonna come at you and they're gonna say, well, you can't use Dollar Tree stuff. You can't use Walmart. Oh, not from Hobby Lobby. Oh no, not from Michaels or Joann's or you know, whatever company's got everybody's panties in a, in a bunch this week. No, you can't use that, baby. That stuff is the exact same stuff that these online sellers are importing from China. Okay, so stop letting people put you down. Let's say that you are brand new to wreath making and you just want to dabble a little bit, you know, just to get your feet wet. Let's let's try out some of these techniques and I just want to see what making wreaths is all about. Then go get your supplies at whatever, you know, craft store you come across and go play with it. You know, go play with the, the different types of mesh, the poly burlap and the regular burlap and the deco mesh. Go play with all that and just, you know, see what you like, you know, feeling with your hands and how it works and how it moves with your wreath frames. And, and don't worry what anybody else says to you about it. One of the big things is people say, well, you can't use the cheap deco mesh because it'll fade. Baby, everything on there is going to fade and I don't care where you get it. I'm sorry, but it's going to fade. It might fade in different stages. It, well, this might fade more quickly than this will fade, but it's all going to fade. Okay. And if somebody says I'm using this and it don't fade, ah, 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 ah. nope, liar, liar, pants on fire. It's all going to fade. It's, it's plastic, you know, <laughs> plastic based items are going to fade in the sun. Another one was, well, if I use the cheaper supplies and I'm telling you people, all of these supplies are coming from the same warehouses. <laughs> I've got the printouts. I'm looking at them right here in front of me. Various companies, they all come from the same warehouse in China. Um, so one company can't say this is going to work better than this and mine is going to work better than this one because it's all coming from the same daggum place. So you use what you're comfortable with. It's going to fade. I don't know of anybody in their right mind that expects to buy a deco mesh wreath and then, you know, oh, well, it didn't last me five years and I'm mad. Are you serious? Really? Go buy a Walmart wreath. That's not going to last you probably two years, you know? It all depends on where your customer is going to hang their wreath. If it's in direct sunlight, is it going to be out of the elements? Is it going to be rained on? You know, blah, blah, blah. So many different variants, I guess you can say. So don't worry about where you're getting your stuff. Another one was how do you price your wreaths? Okay, listen to me. This, this is so tricky here. What sells in California is not going to sell for that price here in North Carolina. What sells in Florida is not going to sell for that price in Oregon. You see what I'm saying? And especially now, because we are still, you know, the world is a crazy place right now. People are not going to pay what they used to pay for Reese. They're just not. Now, if you're buying your supplies on sale, no, you do not calculate your sale price. Let's say that this, I'm going to use deco mesh again. Let's say this roll of mesh is $10. Oh, well, I got it on sale for $2. No, you still need to pretend that you paid $10 for it. Because what if you can't get that mesh on sale again? And then you're going to have to jack your price right back up and people are gonna say oh well she's raising her prices 
is. It's just not a good look, okay? It's just not a good look and it could cost you some business down the road because people are thinking, oh, they're always jacking up their prices, you know? And it's, and it's really not that. You just figured up your price wrong to begin with and that's okay because, you know, that's a lot of people make that mistake. You are not alone. If you've done that, you're not alone. Used to, back in the day, when things in the in our country was a lot more evened out, okay? I'm not going to say it was even. It was a lot more evened out. You could say, take the cost of your materials, multiply that times three, and that is your sale price, okay? And then here comes the people, well, how much money should you get paid by the hour? Someone's like, well, I'm not working for minimum wage. Well, I'm not going to work for less than $25. Okay, here, here's the thing when you're figuring up money for your time. And I'm not trying to be mean at all, but I, I want you to, to think about what I'm about to say. There are people out there that believe they are better than what they are, okay? And they might think, well, I deserve $25 an hour for my work and it's not that good a work, okay? Now I hear somebody sitting over here that's really good and they probably don't even know how good they are, but they make excellent things and they really put the work into it and they're like, oh, well, I am I might charge $13 an hour, I guess that's what I'm worth, but their wreath is so much better than the person charging a lot of money. <laughs> It, it's such a touchy topic. And I know this is probably cliched, but this is what you need to do. You need to research like wreath sellers in your area, get online, try to find some websites, you know, wreath seller in North Carolina or wherever you're located, get on Etsy, look up wreath sellers and look at their prices. Now, I don't want you to just look at the prices that they have their items listed for. I want you to look at the shops that are making sales. I don't care what you have your wreath listed at. It could list for $5. If it ain't selling, then you know what? <laughs> it ain't selling. You could have your wreath listed at $200. And if it's not selling, it's not selling. You've really got to do your research on this. Really do your research and see what what is actually selling. Now, there are people out there that, you know, teach a different method than that. But I'm telling you, I, I've been an online seller for a very long time. I started with Etsy the year after Etsy started and I stopped with Etsy and I'll never sell on Etsy again. I try to get people off of Etsy. People don't listen, you know, don't listen. That's fine. But I still do sell online and you, you really have to do your research when pricing. And there are people, if you're on, are you on TikTok? If you're on TikTok, hey, if you're on a Facebook, Instagram, anything like that, get on there and start searching for people in your area if you want to sell local okay if, if you're going to sell local like at craft fairs and things like this now if you're going to sell online you've got a way bigger audience and you have a much better leeway as to what you can price your wreaths at so just get online and you need to be as descriptive with your wreath as possible when you start to look online so what kind of wreath did you just make I want you to get online and be very descriptive and try to search for the type of wreath that you just made and see if you can find something that's kind of sort of similar and see what they're selling for. If you're doing this on Etsy, you know, find a shop that has wreaths similar to yours and look at their sales history. Look at their reviews. Have they been selling? If they're not selling, then guess what? Their prices either might be too high or they're just not promoting themselves because I don't care if you're selling on Etsy, you still have to promote yourself. That's the way that, the best way that I have found out is it's a lot of footwork. It really is, it's footwork. But once you can sit down and maybe type some notes into your computer or your phone or write it down in a notebook like I do, write down those prices and kind of get like an average of what these things are selling for, then you can work out your own price. Because some items, I'm telling you, like, like even with crochet items, yarn is inexpensive, yeah, but it might take, it's hours and hours and hours of work to make a blanket. 
depending on the size of the blanket, the complexity of the pattern. So people say, well, I just crocheted a blanket. How much should I sell it for? I don't know. How much did you pay for your yarn? Do you work fast like I do or do you work slowly? You know, are you a beginner or are you more intermediate? Is it a complex pattern or is it simple? You know, there's a, a lot of things that go into it. And a lot of times people just aren't going to pay you what you think you need to be paid. And there are going to be people out there to say, well, then they're not your people. Just, just wait and your people will come. Baby, have you seen our economy? Have you looked around you? <laughs> you know? You got to pay attention. You, you, you might have to alter your prices a little bit. As long as you're making a profit that you're comfortable with and you're not putting yourself in debt. Don't put yourself in debt to start up your wreath business or to start up any hobby for that matter. I've seen plenty of people that will go out here and they, they buy tons of supplies, put it on their credit cards. Yeah, I'm going to start this business and then guess what? They don't sell. They don't sell. So don't put yourself in that position. Set your price. Like I said, I'm going to say it again. Set your price so that when you take away the amount you spent for your supplies and the time that you put into it, you know, you're, you're comfortable with that number. Are you going to get rich making wreaths? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Another thing someone had asked me was when they're doing their craft fairs with their wreaths, and it's, it, it's a lot of work. It really is to set up you know, something that you could hang your wreaths on so that people can see them. You don't want to have your wreaths, you know, all of them laying on a table. Don't, don't do that. You need to have them hanging vertically so that people can actually see them, right? Would I rather sell online or would I rather sell at craft fairs? Again, that depends. And you, you really have to research these craft fairs, okay? Because I get this question all the time. People saying, well, here's this craft fair. It costs X amount of dollars for me to set up. It runs for X amount of days. Do you think this is a good deal? I don't know. I don't live in your town, okay? I don't live in your town. Or there's like these fairs, you know, fairs and festivals that set up. Okay, I don't, I know where I live. I don't know where you live. I've never been to that fair or festival. I can't tell you. Um, so if you are thinking about going to craft fairs and selling your wreaths at craft fairs, selling your wreaths at these fairs and festivals, I would hope that it's not something that you've never been to before. Okay. Now I understand everything has to get started somewhere. And a lot of towns, they say, you know, let's start up a craft fair. A lot of towns do that. And if you're not sure, maybe you might just want to go to this fair this one time. Just, just take a look. Let's just take a look, see what everybody has. Just kind of mentally take notes as to what their prices are, the quality of their work. Don't just walk around taking pictures of everybody's stuff. I think, I'm sorry, this is just me. I think that is incredibly rude. Stop taking pictures of everybody's stuff just so that you can copy it when you get back home. But just try to take mental notes. Do they make something similar to you? What are their prices? Are they selling? I mean, or are they just sitting there and nobody's looking at them? That can really help you. Call your chamber of commerce. Look that up, you know, in your town or your county, however yours is laid out. Look up your chamber of commerce and ask them, you know, this, this festival that's going on, is this something that's going to be going on every year? Or this fair that is setting up here? Contact the person in charge of the fair and ask them, how many times have you set up here? Um, are you planning on setting up again in the future? You know, what is your expected turnout? If you're in a small town, it can be a lot more difficult than if you're in a larger city. So I can't really tell you if this is a good deal or not. That is one of the number one questions that I get people all the time. 
this is my booth rental or you know this is this is my rental i have sold at plenty of these and i've made you know some good money doing it but one place i had to pay for my electricity you know yeah you could pay and set up and that's all well and good and then they nail you oh hey you want some electricity yeah it's hot in here you want a fan well you got to pay for the electricity and then they nail you with that okay so you just have to be so careful when doing that now myself i kind of got out of that because i don't like packing my car up i don't like setting up i don't like sitting in the heat i hate the heat y'all know i can't stand the i live in the south and i hate the heat you know not funny um i hate the heat and then you have the chance of hitting a, a weather problem and then there being cancellations and i don't like it i don't like it if i had my choice as to setting up at craft fairs or selling online me personally i would rather sell online I've had some major issues. Now this was during the height of the pandemic and a lot of stuff that I sent out and a lot of stuff that I ordered never made it to its destinations, okay? And that has been, you know, a disaster since then and I'm a little shell-shocked and I'm a little bit leery of sending things out. You just have to weigh your options. Now, if you don't want to do the craft fairs, and this can apply to anything, but you know, I wanted this to kind of be centered around wreaths today. We'll talk about other things later. If you want to ship your items, you, you need to think about this. Are you going to be the type of person that's going to be tied down to a desk or your craft room every single day? Because I don't like that either. I am a free spirit out here. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, okay? Are you going to be the type that's going to get up every single day and ship out orders or... Are you going to set yourself one or two days a week that you do your shipping, okay? And if you do that, you need to make that very well known to your customers, okay? I pack on Tuesday and I ship on Wednesday, you know, or whatever your days would be, okay? Because I'm going to tell you, I would not ship every single day. No, ma'am and no, sir. I'm not going to ship every single day. You are running yourself ragged if you do that, okay? The thing that people need to understand with, with wreaths, they are big, they are bulky, they take you a minute to pack. You know, you have to really, you know, pack them in there so that your all of your attachments don't get crushed and, and ripped off and all the face and the thing. They take a minute to pack, they are bulky to pack into your car, and then you gotta haul them all out to UPS or FedEx or wherever it is, you know, that you're using to ship them. It's a major undertaking, and I wouldn't expect somebody to do that every single day. Because if you do that every single day, then when are you going to have time to actually make the wreath? You see what I'm saying? So you need to make it very well known that, number one, I am not Amazon. Number two, no, you don't get prime shipping. Number three, you're going to get it when you get it. And when I say you're going to get it when you get it, you're going to get it when I drop it off. Once it is out of your hands, you don't have anything else to do with it. I'm sorry. And this is one of the main reasons why... I've kind of gotten away from selling things online. Why do I keep saying why, you know, talking about me, why do I not sell online? Because that was another question that I had gotten, you know, why don't you sell online as much anymore? If I do sell online, it's like a limited thing. Look, I made this and I made this and I might do it around the holidays. You know, I've got a bunch of this. This is the day that I'm going to sell. When it's sold out, that's it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to make any more and I'll restock whenever. And I do suggest that you do that. Um, that. That can be very helpful for your business, actually, if you have restock days. Say, I'm going to restock everything on the first of the month. And when it sells out, it's done until the first of the next month. I'm sorry. Don't inbox me. Ask me to please just make you a wreath and send it. No, ma'am, because you're going to have to wait till the first of the month. That can cut down on a lot of busy, busy business. 
in your business, you <laughs> cut down on a lot of that, okay? And if you'll get on Instagram, once again, Instagram, you know, is a wonderful place to look for people selling things. A lot of people that I follow, they have their restock dates. And like there was a ring that I wanted. I really wanted this ring. And the lady had released like 50 rings, beautiful handheld rings, uh, handheld, <laughs> handmade rings. These are handheld rings. Uh, it's holding my hand, it's on my hand. Um, these beautiful handmade rings. And within, I'm telling you, it was less than a minute because she would give a release date and a release time as to when the stock would hit the website. It was less than a minute. Everything she had was sold out. Every single thing she had was sold out in less than a minute. And then she had all the time that she needed to sit there and prepare everything, pack it well, and then ship it out. Um, back when, before I learned that lesson, before I learned that lesson in the very early days of Etsy, back when Etsy was good, in my opinion, back when Etsy, you know, was a good site to sell on, um, I would pack and ship every single day, every single day. And it, it wore me down. It really did. It wore me down. And then I didn't have the time that I needed to make more items. It's just a lot easier if you can break it down for yourself, give yourself one or two shipping days a week, give yourself a restock date, a new release date. If you do new release dates, like I said, like at the first of the month, then you could do like a surprise sale in the middle of the month you know, and, and boost your income just a little bit, but you, you still stop cramping your time. You have got to give yourself time to make things. Cause I see a lot of wreath makers on it. My hands hurt. My hands are killing me. I've got five wreaths to make this week and my hands hurt so bad. You put that on yourself. Okay. You put that on yourself. If you would just make a set number of things just, just throughout the month and then have one sale date, it's going to be so much easier on you. Okay. I'm trying to help you here. I'm not trying to, you know, really make anybody mad. I'm trying to help you here. If you would do it that way, it's going to be a lot easier. And I think I skipped a little bit here, but going back to what I was saying earlier about once you drop it off at UPS or FedEx or whatever, it's out of your hands. I'm sorry, but you don't have anything else to do once it leaves your hands and you have that tracking number okay if the person if, if oh well it it was never delivered oh well i'm sorry you know you need to take it up with the post office you need to take that up with fedex you take it up with ups because once it leaves my hands i don't control fedex i wish i did i don't control the postal service i wish i did because if i did then i would have my packages that went missing a long time ago you know i'm still waiting on stuff and this is the thing that I love about being an Amazon seller. It is fulfilled by Amazon. I don't have to touch anything, you know? You do the work one time, there it is. Amazon ships it out. It's, it's done and done. Okay. All right, let's do one more question I'm reading here. Okay, this person had said that they have the option of offering Klarna as a payment method should they do that. Here's the thing with Klarna. If you're not familiar, Klarna is they divide the amount of what you owe into four, I believe. Okay, I'm just checking on my phone here. Yeah, they divide up. I, I use several, okay? And Klarna is the one where you, you make a deposit, okay? They take your full price of the item that you owe, divide that by five. One of those payments is like your down payment. You have to pay that. And then the rest of what you owe is divided into four and you pay that, you know, in installments. Now that is an absolutely wonderful thing for a lot of things. It's a not so good thing for a lot of things. Let, let me elaborate on this just for a minute. I'm, I'm here on Etsy, I'm on the phone. I'm looking at Etsy right now and there is a wreath that is priced at $550. This is just my opinion. 
this is just my opinion um i would not pay that for that wreath i would not okay now here's the thing they're advertising klarna oh but with klarna i only have to pay 92 dollars right now and i'm looking at this wreath over here and this wreath is 200 dollars, but they do not offer klarna but this one is and they offer klarna you have to pay 92 dollars right now but you still have to make those payments and this is how people are using klarna to sucker people into paying more than what something is worth convenience okay it's all about convenience now there are a lot of good reasons to use klarna especially around christmas time and a lot of people out there are very honest with their pricing when offering Klarna, but some people jack their prices up astronomically high and then offer the convenience of paying with Klarna. Uh, what do I offer on, on my site? It's either Klarna or Afterpay. One of those that I offer to, you know, try to help make it easier on people. Um, but, but there are a lot of people out there that jack their prices up. Don't be one of those people that jacks your prices up sky high just to sucker people in with the convenience of Klarna. Now, if you, if, if you want to use that, that's absolutely fine. It's up to you. Now, if you are a seller and you use Klarna, let's say I sell this $200 item and I'm going to let someone pay with Klarna and then they put down their down payment and they still owe four more payments. No, they don't owe it to me, the seller. They owe it to Klarna. Okay. They owe it to the financial institution, not to you. Because once the sale comes through with Klarna or anything of that nature after paying all those you get paid, okay? You get your amount of money and then Klarna will take a small percentage of your sale that's for them to assume the financial liability. You see what I'm saying? But you do get your money up front. You can increase a lot of sales that way. You really can because people are all about convenience and making payments and we are in a society that is financed to death, okay? People finance everything. You know, they they're taught from a young age places like the home shopping network you know you get sucked into making those payments and then you have your credit cards and then you know you have christmas and there's a lot of people out here so many people out here that are struggling and that is the only way that they can buy things for their kids is they make payments and like i said it can be an absolutely wonderful thing and you can help a lot of people with it and that's what i like you can help a lot of people around the holidays, but then you have your people that take advantage of others. For the buyer, that can be good or bad. For the seller, it's good because you get your money up front and you can entice people with the ease of payments. So if you have the option of offering that, go ahead and do it. It's not really going to hurt you. You're just not going to make it as big. And I, I really don't know the percentage off the top of my head. I'm not seeing it here. Anyway, they do take the small percentage but with the increase in sales that you're likely to get, I, I would say it's worth it. Yeah, I would say, you know, go ahead and offer it if you can. But anyway, I'm looking at my timer here. I'm right at half an hour. This is crazy. This has been a long episode. So I hope that this helps somebody. Um, keep sending me the questions on Facebook and I'll try to answer them on here. If you would, please go back and listen to my past episodes. Stay tuned for future episodes and I will talk to y'all later. You've been listening to the This Southern Girl Can Show. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to follow so you'll be notified of upcoming episodes. Take care and we'll see you next time.